You're about to listen to an all-new issue of Geek in the City Radio, which comes to you free every single week over on geekinthecity.com. If you enjoy helping us keep this show free, and I know you do, pop on over to patreon.com forward slash geekinthecity, where we have all kinds of levels that get you some fantastic awards and benefits. But if you can't help us out there, just please share this show over on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. And as always, our opening and closing theme brought to you by nerd rock group Megathruster. And now, let's get on with an all-new issue of Geek in the City Radio. One, two, three, four! It's been a long, long week. Why don't you spend some time with geeks? So many issues today into which we must delve. Talk about the stuff that makes you scream and shout. Hit the red alert, we're going more factor 12. Thanks for pressing play. Now we're gonna save the day. Alright! Hello! And welcome to issue. 555 of Geek in the City Radio. I'm one of your hosts, Aaron Duran. One of your other hosts, Bean Rita. And I'm your other host, Cable Hushtani. That was a flawless opening, Aaron. Flawless. And we are all tired. (laughs) We are Uh, all very tired. I mean, more than than usual. Yeah, more than usual. So why are you tired today? Um, Just, you know, points at everything. I don't know. It's the 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 maneuver is, you know, this this yeah gest- I just, gestures broadly. Yeah, I I need to have if they haven't invented the and I know they probably have and someone's going to send me an email saying Aaron this app is called this. I just need an app that like prevents me from looking at the phone for at least. Well, not the phone because I like my podcast. It prevents me from looking at anything on the internet for like two hours so that I can oh, get okay. up like maybe my music or my podcast. What kind of phone do you have? Android. Well, a crap one. I hate this phone so much. Bean uh, has heard this yeah. rant enough. Yes. Um, but if it's, if it's sort of a newer Android phone, does it run on Samsung? Uh, um, yeah, it is. I only ask because I don't know if it's a Google thing or a Samsung thing because you know there's apps for both uh uh os's or whatever but right. um there are apps for like focus time so where you won't see notifications from specified apps there's a uh, there's wind down time like my phone screen everything will go gray right and i will stop receiving notifications at like x time until whatever time in the morning i set it to and that way um you're just not as drawn into being on your phone because you don't know that you're being messaged and you don't, mm. uh, yeah. the gray helps with the blue light, which would, you know, keeps you up at night and all that shit. I have that. I have that that changes like around nine o'clock at night. No, I mean, the problem is me. And like, I go, it's not that I'm look. I've actually turned off almost all the notifications. It's the fact that like, I'm like Pavlov's masochist or whatever. Like I wake up in the morning and like, like click the internet and I just I'll just start scrolling Twitter, see what happened while I was asleep or what got worse. 
So no, I need an app that also comes with like like an yeah. implant that if the phone recognizes that I've hit the internet between the hours of like 6 a.m. and 10 a.m., it just mildly shocks me. I'm like, oh shit, you're right. <laughs> like that's what I need. You, gotcha. you are, are suffering from the same thing that uh, I am and other people have are, are suffering from that is referred to as uh, doom scrolling. Yes. Uh, that's also such a metal name for something that's wholly depressing. Yes, it like is. The, like the name Doom Scrolling is so badass. It I should mean, be something more cool and fun. It, it should, should be. Yeah. It, well, I mean, it, it's like it's, it's a fucking spell. He's gonna read from the Doom Scroll, yeah. but it's not. Like, I think it's, it's probably cool. better referenced as uh, Gloom Scrolling. That sounds less metal and more accurate. That I accept more. I like that more. Because the Doom Scroll sounds like an expansion for like the Talisman role board game. It, it's know. something from uh, that you pick up from Xanathar's Guide to Everything. Yeah, that's right. Easily. Yeah, the Doom Scroll. The Doom Scroll. It's <laughs> awesome. I also put timers on some of my apps so that uh, I am like cut off. It's like yes, this morning, and when I woke up, by which I mean eleven, because I didn't sleep last night. I only slept in the morning. Uh, I reached my Facebook limit before, like, like 10 minutes before I'd actually gotten out of bed. Right. So I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'm done with that for today. <laughs> yeah. And it's actually pretty good. I've had a pretty productive day for being so uh, sleep deprived. Yeah, I actually got, um, I haven't posted it yet, but I actually wrote like another little Western short for the, for my, for the Patreon for later, which I haven't been able to write one of those in like fucking weeks, but it's been hard writing anything lately. Right. Um, A lot of people are feeling pretty blocked right now. Yeah. Fucking our friend, uh, David Capose, you know, Spencer and Locke and going to the chapel. Yeah. That dude just that dude just posted his like second book of the coronavirus lockdown finished. So I'm like, really? How the fuck have you written two books? I mean, good for him. I should hat hit him up and be like, what are you doing? What's your secret? What's your secret? Um, if he told you, then it wouldn't be a secret. Well, okay. I well, mean, I'll, I'll chances promise- are likely that it's some sort of like high level of anxiety that makes you hyper productive. Yeah, I because like that. you're too anxious to be calm, so you're just working, whatever it is. Oh, I have that's, that. And that's I just, just like a. <laughs> I have that. It just doesn't translate into work. I wish it did. That would be awesome. Ow. I have like eleven new hobbies. So, yeah. We've noticed. <laughs> At least they're all constructive ones. I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Raiding my neighborhood for uh, herbs is. <laughs> a weird one, I'm sure. I apologize. I think there's going to be a siren going by here shortly. Ah. Train. <laughs> drink. Yeah, man. It's the slowest moving fire engine I have heard. I mean, at first I thought someone was cranking some Hendrix outside. No. Nope. Because it kind of was opening like um, Foxy Lady. It's all mm-hmm. I was waiting for but that that didn't happen either. No, no, it didn't. All I ever see now with that is Dana Carvey doing a weird his weird Garth dance in the donut shop. 
That's pretty good. Yeah. I think I'm so, going to watch that again soon. I, I just, I need to remark real quick the way that um, Zoom is laying out us today. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aaron is over here and mm-hmm. Denise is under here. Mm-hmm. But uh, so Aaron and I are on, on the top part of the screen and Denise, you're right in the middle. Mm-hmm. Because of that, where Aaron's headphone cord lines up directly with whatever that white cord is in the background of you, Denise. So it looks like it's this just, No, no, the other side. The oh, cord. this one. Uh-huh. It looks like it goes right up into his oh, headphone cord. It's hilarious. I'm plugged into your, your, your dining room light. <laughs> is that the Death Star light cord? No, the dining room's over there. This is my area. Uh, and there's actually not an overhead light in this part of the common areas. Oh. So we put one in and that's what this is. It's just a, like a like a bulb on a strand with a lampshade on it and we there's a hook on my ceiling. It's pretty slapdash, but we've never really gotten around to installing actual perhaps uh, wiring. That's very yep. that's very yep. IKEA actually. <laughs> I think it might actually come from IKEA. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's a remnant from the old house and we just so we happen to have it. And I happen to need more light in this part of the house. Uh, no one heard me sing there for a minute. We heard you. I mean, you kind of had the cadence of that song for a minute. No, yeah, I, I, I can totally, I, I understand why you went there. Okay, fine. Hey, guys, this <laughs> is the show this week, by the way. This is what happens when we're, when we're all us. tired. Why do you think we've been looking for guests all the time lately? Because we're just burned out, so we want to just get other people to talk for us. I don't believe that we're burnt. Okay, some of it is we're burned out, some but some of it is also what what in the the world of pop culture is there to talk about these days? That's that's true. Largely, yeah, it's how it is awful, right? And how we have to take um, more responsibility for our stewardship of of geek culture, and you know whatever we've decided to binge on Netflix this week that came the floor out is ten lava. years ago. Oh. <laughs> that came out 10 years ago. Uh, yeah, I... What is going on with reality TV anymore? I've literally... All we're wa- all Jen and I have been watching now are all the... Like, there's... We're in a new golden age of weird game shows, and I'm, I'm kind of happy for it. Like The Floor is Lava? You're into that? Yes, because I still... When no one's around... I will still sometimes wish that like adults could play like the floor is lava or the floor is quicksand. And she can. Uh, yeah, but you know. Why can't you? Because it doesn't, I don't know. I guess you could. So I like that. I think it's, I would love the idea if someone were to build like a giant living room that you could play in. But if you fell, you actually fell into it. It looks like boiling lava. You're like, ah! I will still sometimes take a deep breath when I go from a, one end of a doorway to the other, yeah. at like a hallway, right? As, as if I am going from one airlock to another, so I'm like have to like time it just right. That's so awesome and precious. I do and goofy great. things like that all the time. Okay, just do good. them. It's fine. Yeah. No, I do do those, but I usually just keep them in my head. I keep mm. them as my as my inside weirdness. Just like whenever I stand up or sit down, I still go in my head. Because mm-hmm. I'm transforming from standing to sitting, or vice versa. I I love you, Aaron. Your <laughs> out, your weirdness is not inside. 
it's, it's not as inside as you think it is. Um, what's another and one? A, and that is glorious. Thank you. There's a uh, Keegan Michael Key hosts a game show on CBS. I think it's called Heads Up. Anyway, it, I don't know this one. So it's basically. Oh, it's, so they're both on CBS now. Yeah, that's true. And he's also producing it along with his wife. So, nice. um, so basically, I, I mean, I like regular game shows, but I was always a big fan of game shows that used to take, these were like big in the 60s where you would take like celebrities and just make them do weird shit on TV. So this one also has two permanent like co-competitors. It's Venus Williams and Rob Gronkowski. And like they each have their own permanent sidekicks. I think Venus Williams has Ian Carmel and Gronkowski has uh, Bobby Lee. And then every week there's another celebrity that joins each team. And they basically have to do these like over the top physical challenges while answering trivia that like they would never likely know kind of stuff. And the physical challenge, like one of them one time is that both Venus Williams and, and the Gronk were turned into human foosball goalies and their teammates had to spin a wheel to deflect the ball back and forth. It's shit like that. Okay, that does sound kind of fun. But also it just sounds like we're moving into uh, the BoJack Horseman universe in real life. I mean, sure. I guess, you know. What else would we watch? Um, Extreme Tag, like that was... Which was basically... Which was basically American Gladiators, but it's tag... Because like all the tag people, there's the contestants and then there's the competitive, like the chasers. And they all have like different characters that are over the top and I think that's great and stupid. Um, uh, I think the last, I, I just, I can't, can never seem to get behind game shows or um, reality TV shows. I don't know what it is. When I do, I kind of hate myself for it. I, but I don't think, I mean, I like some reality, like you'll never... Like, I can't get down with, like, Real Housewife or The Bachelor or The Bachelor. Like, those don't do it for me. No. But like, because they're designed to be awful. Yeah, but, like, and I guess this is quasi-game show. But, like, I used to, I'm bummed there's no more new ones. I used to love watching fucking Forged and Fire. It was competitive blacksmithing. Mm-hmm. That's cool. That's that was cool. Like, when Netflix had the glass blowing show. I was like, oh, that's cool. It was competitive glass blowing. Why would Did, that be? Uh... Uh, our friend uh, Katie in Texas uh, recommended um, the Big Flower Fight. I've seen some of that one. Uh, first of all, it's got um, Natasha Dimitriou from yeah. What We Do in the Shadows. So that's mm. fun, and um, it's actually it's one of the more um, wholesome competitive shows, which I kind of like. I like it, when different like the competing teams can actually like. Yeah. You know, help each other out, and the, it's, the well, it's challenges a BBC, it's are... It's a BBC one. Yeah. yeah. The challenges are positive. It's not like, hey, who can just, like, cram the most bullshit in their mouth? Or, like, you know, I'd watch that the show. rest of the teams over the hardest in order to win. <laughs> there, there used to be a game show like that. It had just, like, random shit, like, okay, empty these two boxes of Kleenexes as fast as you can. And literally, it was just this was it. This was the game. Just, okay. That was the challenge. So, well, okay, that's not as fun. <laughs> no, that shit's stupid. Um, it's funny. I, while I was watching that, that that what's it called? The flower what? Or... Big, the big flower fight. Yeah, 
And I didn't realize who one of the hosts was, that it was her mm-hmm. at first. I was like, she seems really familiar. Like I've seen her before. And it clicked. I think it was in the first episode, like 10 minutes in, she gave like this kind of cheesy, like, you know, game show host one liner. And then literally did a second take of the camera and made like, made a face. And I was like, Oh, I know. <laughs> that's my good lady wife. You know, that's not you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. She has, she has fun with it. And it's yeah. a, it's a good, wholesome show. They also have on Netflix, but well, we're just doing this now. They have one called crazy delicious. I saw the ads for that and I think it's out now and I do want to see it. It is. It's cute. Um, mainly because it's like you're cooking, you know, that scene in Willy Wonka when he like opens the door, come with me and you'll see like everything's edible. Yeah. That's while what, they're floating what... down the river. Well, but before the river, okay. it, that's it's a different song. Yeah. Um, yeah. anyway, every, I mean, I know it's not, but the whole set is sound is set up so that you can eat anything in the garden. And, yeah, that looks amazing to me. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Hmm. So there's I'll that. Probably, I'll probably watch that. I still have not gotten back into watching any television or movies yet. I, we, actually, we're, get, we're getting closer. Like Every day that we get closer to being done here, well, I mean, more along the lines of being done with moving stuff in, then it's like, okay, I think I'll watch something now. Right. But, I... One thing I've noticed is my inability lately to focus on watching anything scripted that's new. Like I can't, it's like my brain doesn't. So anything new that I'm watching, again, it's like literally, it's like game shows. Other than that, I'm just going back to things that make me feel like warm and comfortable. So a lot of Star Trek, like more than usual. And then Matthew Clark uh, reminded me that Hulu has all of MASH. <laughs> yep. So there's, uh, there's like, what, 10 years? Yes. Worth of back when shows were also 30 episodes a yeah. season. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. And that's, that'll, that'll keep you going for a while. Yeah. I actually rewatched, I think I've watched about, and I'm going like, I'm starting at season one and I'm going. Um. You know how most shows have like a rule of thirds, especially back then? Like a third was good, a third was mediocre, and a third was bad. Right. Mm-hmm. MASH is pretty good at bucking that trend. Like, they're pretty solid the whole way through. You know, the, the uh, eye-opener, because I, I went and hung out with Matthew yesterday, um, and he was in the middle of watching an episode of MASH. Uh, one of the things that he commented on is that... Uh, he hadn't really looked at the geography out of it and had seen a graphic that pointed out the fact that all of Korea during the Korean war, all of it is the size of LA County. Yeah. So it's like all of that was occurring in a much smaller area than we think it was. Yeah. And everyone also kind of forgets that. that it was like, I believe, and I could be wrong, so someone will correct me, but I remember reading about it. Because strangely, because it's a weird way, the way my family had, this is a weird way to say it, the way my family had kids, like the the vast amount of like my uncles are almost all Korean War vets. 
Not a lot of them are Vietnam War vets because I don't know why. It's just that I think it's it's a weird age thing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so a lot of my uncles are all Korean War vets, and like, first off, like they, I mean they're they're getting older now, but like they do not like talking about it. Nobody likes talking about the Korean War. No, but I remember reading. I did a report on my uncle Eddie uh, about that one, about his experience in the Korean War. And I remember coming across a stat that I sat, I could be wrong, but I think apart from the Civil War, like the Korean War had more like U.S. deaths than any of our other ones. Like it was a lot. Um, yeah. Um, to this day, that is also why my Uncle Eddie does not throw away anything, any food item. Like, if you are eating an apple around him and you can't finish it, you go to throw it away, he will take the apple and wrap it in plastic wrap and put it back in the fridge. Because he was a POW for, like, two years. In okay, Korea. I was going to say... Yeah, sorry, I forgot to add that a, part. It's like, was he a POW? No. He was. No. He was literally uh, rescued and saved because my Aunt Terry... Like, they got married right before he shipped out. It was like, I'm going to Korea. We should get married. And she says, okay. So... He ships out. They know that he gets captured about nine months into his service. And there's nothing they can do about it, you know, because it is what it is. And because they were doing prisoner exchanges, but you, they had to know who to look for, basically, or however it worked. And my Aunt Terry is with, you know, my grandma. Like, you know, they're all together <clears throat> and they go to the movies. And this is still when they would show newsreels at the front of a movie. And yeah, and North Korea had allowed in, probably for propaganda reasons, a camera crew or news crew to film how well they treat POWs in North Korea. And she saw him on film. Hmm. And like they, as she tells me, like they left the theater right then, they went down to whatever would have been at the time, the army army office or DO. I don't know. They went to someone and they said, I just saw my husband. He's up there could we like do and like they looked up like the film number and like three months later he was part of a prisoner exchange because of her seeing the that shit blows my mind yeah yeah that makes sense because that was still like the korean war was 1950 to 1953 that was a joke about mash is that the show lasted four times as long as the war yep which is impressive uh, in a day and age where shows didn't tend to last all that long, did they? Um, yeah, they did because there was four, yeah. there was three channels. Yeah, you, you didn't have to be that good to stay on. You just had no. to do enough. Yeah, Wonder Wonder Woman had three seasons, and it was not a good show. No, I, I mean I you could Wonder argue Woman. that I love it too, but you could argue that maybe. I think it's one of the rare shows that I think season one's probably the best one. It's the, yeah, because it is definitely set in World War II. Yeah. And you know who the bad guys are. Like, it, it's easy to tell because they all wear swastikas. They're right. All, they're all Nazis. Yeah. And largely all of the Nazi commanders were all played by comedians. Right. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh. And I, I think probably ones who were Jewish, largely so that they could because they they played them as a joke. 
Right. Yeah. I see. Um, so it's like, okay. well, of course, well, Wonder like going to beat them. Yeah. It was very subversive. I, um, I no, just started watching. Oh, sorry. Uh, so Patton Oswalt, um, his, his wife who passed away, Michelle McNamara, mm-hmm. she was a writer and was kind of obsessed with like true crime stuff. And mm-hmm. she, uh, she wrote a book about the investigation she did in the serial killer that had never been caught. Uh, and by the way, her, her investigation and her book aided in finding out who that guy was. And he actually just got sentenced recently. Yeah, it's the... Yes, did, just today. Yeah. Or yesterday. Golden State, East Golden Area... State. The Golden State Killer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. East Area Killer. Um, but uh, there's a documentary by the way. What's that? Ex-Cop, by the way. Ha. Ah, spoilers! <laughs> oh. uh, the first episode just came out and I watched it... Uh, Last night, and it's you, very, very good. You can't spoil something that's fact. But I didn't know oh. any. I didn't know that yet. I just yeah. knew mm. serial killer. The book helped find him, and right. he just got sentenced. That's all I knew. Uh, yeah, because anyway. I re- I remember Patton had he had this really like real pretty tweet because his wife passed away like a week or so before the book came out or something. So, uh, they, I forget exactly. And then they caught him not soon after that. I think, mm-hmm. like her book led to them catching him finally. And I remember mm-hmm. he like he's like he's like I hope you're looking down right now. He's like we're so proud of you. You did it, honey. Like you you did it. You know. Uh, that guy's stand up also, by the way, can be both hilarious and heartbreaking within like a sentence. Yes, like the way he, he can do that. I really appreciate that about him. Yeah. Uh, and anyway, also being, yeah, shows used to last a long fucking time. Because I'm now looking at just for the hell of it. I was like, what show? Like, Gunsmoke. 1955 to 1975. I've never even heard of that. Well, I mean, I've mean, probably heard of it, but I don't know anything about it. I don't know what that is. Yeah, it's, I mean, it was one of the many westerns that used to exist on, you know, TV back in the day. I bet you you could pull off a good western right now because we are oh, like yeah. in a, you you, know. you could yeah that actually could be really neat to unpack and try and do like a like a timely western would you want to do it uh like quote unquote uh historically founded uh like tombstone or just totally <laughs> just just pure genre fan uh fiction I think I'd want to find some kind of balance, you know, treat it because for the longest time, for, for better or worse, like the Western was the American mythology. You could argue that that's superheroes now. Um, but like, that's what the Western was. So, and I guess shows have come close to it, like Deadwood, but Deadwood's pretty gritty. It's great, but. That one's on my list, but we said we were going to watch that, uh, with uh, with friends, and so we haven't been able to do that. I've seen the first season, and then I lost HBO. Uh, it would be interesting to try to to try to like parse out like a modern a modern take on westerns. I'm not, you know, I'm not sure how you could do. I think I know it could be done, but like you'd have to show like all the ugliness and shit, and yeah, I don't know. 
What about Winona there. Earp? Is that a that's is that a Western or not really or what's the deal there? I know Cable, you want to take that one? It, it is in no way, shape, or form a Western. Okay. It is one hundred percent fan service. The television series. <laughs> I I love Winona Earp, but no, no, it well, is. Uh, it is uh, Western only in that it it. Uh, but she's a descendant of Wyatt Earp. Yep. Okay. Wyatt but Earp, it's not. And she's befriended by Doc Holliday. No, that the original Doc Holliday, not a descendant. But it's modern. Yes, he was cursed by a witch, so he was stuck in a well for a hundred years. Didn't age. Um. Random. Okay. Yeah. At least. It's basically it blends uh, the mythology of White Earp and um, supernatural elements, yeah. and then they put together a cast of people who just love chewing up scenery and being half naked most of the time. Yes, like everyone it, on that show is super pretty. Yes, like they're yeah, that's, super that's pretty. The one thing I know and, and, uh, and super thirsty. It in the past. Yep, they like they're they're really attractive and mostly shirtless. Men and women. Like, Everyone's like, just DTF all the time. Yep. I think the season two, the first episode of season two uh, has a 10-minute fight scene between Winona and another woman. And the other woman is just in a bra and panties. Yes. And like they're just... Was there at least a context for that? Or they just... She had just come out of the shower, but they couldn't put her just in a towel because it was on sci-fi. Right. So it it is straight up gratuitous. There's not, they're not, they don't try to like make it. Yes, but in a necessarily, it is kind of cheeky. So it doesn't feel exploitive. Yeah. Like just how like everybody's in on it. Like, Everyone who participates in that show, all the actors are like, oh, no, when we do this, we do it almost winking at the camera, almost literally winking at the camera. Yeah, like, well, it's like how Xena Warrior Princess would often have Xena and Gabrielle, like, fighting bad guys that just happened to discover them while they were cleaning themselves in a natural hot spring. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So, yeah, it was like kind of naughty and kind of sexy, but it never felt exploitive because, like a cable said, everyone was kind of in on the cheese. Yep. Yeah, I mean, as long as, you know, all of the actors and actresses are, are like, yeah, this is fun. This is what we're doing, as opposed to, like, I guess this is what I have to do. Um, there are, like, there are, uh, Lesbian characters, bisexual characters, both male and female uh, bisexual characters that don't hide it. Um, like it's so it's it's very friendly in that for that regard. Um, yeah, yeah. That, but has, like one of one of the characters' last names is H A U G H T, right? Is pronounced hot. Hot. Yes, officer hot. Um, <laughs> Like, and my also, my brain much, was telling me it was something like like a like officer, but I wasn't sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and and much like Xena, it has helped an entire generation of people come to terms with their own sexuality. If they weren't sure, they watched Wynuna Earp and thought, "Okay, yeah, this is fine." 
this is fine. This is me. I'm good with that. Mm-hmm. Um, Someone on Facebook, uh, Talina on Facebook was reminding us, it's like, oh yeah, there was the episode, the local strip bar is called Pussy Willows. Donk. Look, if Bond can get away with pussy galore, you can. Yep. That, um, like, that's what the show is all the time. It, it's, and they have a new, uh, a brand new season. I think starts next next month. Now, if you want to talk about an, an exploited, exploitative uh, uh, franchise, oh hell yeah, that's yeah. Bond to a T. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think of the other show that's like, oh my, that's this Canadian show called Banshee. That is also the most thirsty show you will ever, ever, ever see. Banshee? Yeah, so Banshee, I think it started as a Canadian series, and I either Netflix or Hulu picked it up. Um, or maybe it was... Nope, this is not it. Uh, oh, has anyone been watching the newer, the newest season of Letterkenny? Is there like a new, new one? Like just recently? Because I did watch. Yes. Yeah. So there was the season that people weren't super crazy about because uh, they'd been picked up by Hulu, and uh, and so that it was a whole crack and egg season. Oh, that's the talk, the Colin show, right? Yeah. Crack an egg. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and like that one was pretty like underwhelming, but there's another yeah. season now, and I'm pretty sure like they have the creative reins like back at this okay. point. Okay. I'll have to check it out then. Yeah, it was really disappointing. It's like great, they have an even bigger distribution, and then like what all like executives love to do, they want to buy something because it's popular, people love it, and then they tell them now do it different, right. now do it how we want. Well, it's a uh, it's an outdated uh, leadership model where as soon as it's yours, you have to pee on it uh, to, <laughs> like, to establish your new authority, and right. so no one questions you being new as the leader. Um, and usually, that involves making changes pretty arbitrarily. Um, yeah, until so just like it flex your power over the system now, uh, and it's never good. It's never useful because it didn't need to, it's change that didn't need to happen you're just you know swinging your dick around this is true and this is the perfect place take a quick break and thank our sponsors first up bridge city comics books are shipping yet again um so you can get your books at bridge city comics check them out uh they are still doing um you know, mail order and, and pick up and drop off and all that good stuff. So you can still place your book orders over at bridgecitycomics.com. You just have to kind of type in, not kind of type in, you just type in bridgecitycomics.com and then, you know, you'll get the order form there. Uh, once they do open up for more public interaction, find them at 3725 North Mississippi Avenue in Portland, Oregon. Wear your damn masks while you're in there getting your comics. In fact, hopefully they don't even let you in if you don't wear a mask. Um, because we all know that superheroes don't wear a mask to protect themselves. They do it to protect those they love. Boom! That's Batman logic, people. So now you have to do it. So yeah, <laughs> thank them out. It's, uh, it's been, it's been, a, it's been a rough time in the comics and publishing world. So, uh, show Bridge City Comics some love because they definitely love you. And then... 
On your way back from the comic book shop, swing on by to Guardian Games, 345 Southeast Taylor Street in Portland, Oregon. They have all of your gaming needs. They are still doing a pretty contact-free curbside pickup if you still do not feel comfortable popping into the store. Uh, I've been in there once. I can tell you they are taking things very seriously. They are limiting how many people can be in the store. There is still new on-site gaming. There are still no single card sales. Uh, so it's literally just kind of show up and get the games you want and move along so other folks can have some time. Uh, they're, they're constantly cleaning. They are doing everything right. So, uh, and as safe as possible. So when you're in there, uh, have some, have some, have some patience and everything. Cause it's a uh, pretty damn stressful to be in retail right now, more than usual. Uh, and remember it's just games people. So, so be cool. All right. Everyone be little Fonzies. Um, but yeah, beyond that, they are still one of the most helpful game stores in town, sometime to my bank account's detriment. I'm not going to say who, um, but one of them might be a co-host on this show that isn't the girl. Sent me multiple texts apologizing for what he was about to do, and $80 later, I bought a new role-playing game. That's what Bridge said. That's what Guardian Games do. <laughs> Check them out. Uh, 345 Southeast Taylor Street. 345 Southeast Taylor Street in uh, Portland, Oregon. Again, a huge shout out to Rev Nats for hooking us up with some tech so that these distance shows sound just as good as the ones inside the Fun Employment Radio studio. I uh, remember, I don't know if they're sold out, but we're coming up on Night of a Thousand Tapaches, so check out Reverend Nats' site. I'm not going to tell you what to do because I do think that's illegal by the OLCC, so just look at his website and things happen. And finally, um, show some love to uh, Anton and Deb over at Asylum across from the Baghdad Theater on Hawthorne Boulevard. Also find them on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash PDX Asylum. They're also on Instagram. I think it's PDX underscore Asylum, something like that. Anyway, uh, you know those lunch bags we talked about months and months and months ago that have like the newspaper print, but then historical figures on it? Uh, I believe that artist now makes masks. So uh, that's pretty dope. Anyway. That's all the that's all the products and services that bring you Geek at a City Radio every week, which we're gonna get back to right now. I, I I don't think that was the show actually called Banshee that you were thinking of. I don't I'm not, it's not, no. I'm trying to remember what it was called. Are you talking about Lost Girl? That's the one. Starring Anna Silk. Yeah. And is that the Zoe one where she, Palmer, where is she, she is a succubus? That's the one. Why am I thinking it was called yep. Banshee? I don't know. Because of the yeah. succubus thing? Eh, maybe. Because that's literally like how she gets her power. Yep. Um, apparently it's good. I've never saw it. But apparently it got some pretty decent reviews. They're like, yes, it sounds like it's software porn, but it's actually a good show. Yeah, it's both. Yeah. <laughs> I never know how to tie things off. Random. Um... <laughs> It's not random. I'm at the end of my thing and I need to tie it and I'm never super sure how. It was just the timing of that comment, Bean, that confused yep. Cable and I. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, Lost Girl, I, I actually haven't finished that show, but Lost Girl was good. I, I enjoyed what, I, what I've seen. It. I've only seen, I think, the first right. couple of seasons of it. So here's, um, here's something for you guys to ponder while we're mm-hmm. doing this here. If you could bring back any show with the stipulation is that the real time has passed from whenever it ended until today when you debut the show 
which one would which one would you pick? Wait, wait, ex- explain those rules again. Okay, so it's not like a reboot, not like Battlestar Galactica. Say you wanted to bring back a show that you liked that either ended on its own or was or was canceled. The stipulation being however much time has actually passed from the day it stopped broadcasting till today, that you have to factor that in. Oh, so like, like Fuller House style? Yeah, or like Picard. Gotcha. It's a much yeah. better nerdy reference than yeah. <laughs> Max Headroom. Oh, okay. Nice. Because now it would be set in now, not 15 minutes in the future. Oh, man. The, you could even have it opening with like the 15 minutes have passed and it's now. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. Oh, I got the chills just even just thinking of the tagline. That's nice. Because I'm having a hard time distinguishing the world that um, Edison Carter was covering for Network right. 23 and the one that we're living in right now. Man, yeah. I got to rewatch that show. Just wonder how it holds up. Um, parts of it, what little I've rewatched of it still holds up. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's clearly a, a product of late 80s, early 90s. Sure. This is what we think the future is going to be like. And it's very depressing and very uh, dystopian what except we are living in one and it's the person that we are trying to trust is are not politicians are not um the police are are not emergency services it's the media and it's the single intrepid reporter story yeah also i always wonder how weird it felt to like the Coke ad execs who were like, oh man, they're turning our character into a TV show. This is going to be the best branding ever. And it ends up being like this, like nothing that any corporation would ever, ever, ever want attached to their brand. And that's just it is they didn't own him. No, I know they didn't. Yeah. They contracted with him, but they didn't own Max Headroom. Because Max Headroom appeared on his own, had his own talk show. Um, contracted with was it was Coke? I thought it was with Pepsi. I think it was. It was Coke. one of the two. Okay. Yeah. And then um, no, Pepsi had Michael Jackson. Max Headroom had Coke. Had Max Headroom. Okay. That's kind of <laughs> in my Hedrum brain. Probably also had Coke. Um. <laughs> and then he performed with the uh, the band The Art of Noise and did Paranomia. All right. Paranomia, I think, was probably my introduction to Max Headroom, and then gets kind of followed from there. I was, I was, a, I was a huge Max Headroom fan. That's why I'm, I still pay attention when Matt Frewer shows up and things. I'm like, you're the guy, you're him, right? That and there's still that. Um, was it in Chicago where someone usurped a television network? and broadcast as Max Headroom for like 10 minutes and then disappeared. No, and when did that happen? It was in the mid-80s. No one has ever copped to it. No one knows who did it. No one knows how they did it. It is one of, it's this huge urban legend, but people still talk about it. I think Paul Guinan has seen it. Paul Guinan saw it live. Huh, did anyone record it? Like, was it anyone a chance to record it? I don't know. I don't know. I'll 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 do some digging while Denise proffers her answer about what show she would do. <laughs> well, now I've just been wondering, like, 
I wish I knew more about Max, Max Headroom because I don't know I think anything. It, I think it's on CW Seed still online. You can watch it, I think. Huh. Okay. Unless they took it off, you could. It was 1987. November 22nd, 1987. The show or that the thing in Chicago? The thing in Chicago. Oh, wait. Max Headroom was only 1988. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, it didn't last long. It no, was... and he wasn't in many of them either, honestly. He'd have no, little cause... bits, but... Oh, that's right, and he had, he's in one episode of TNG. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's the guy from the future, but actually he's from the past and killed the guy from the future and is stealing tech. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. Not to be confused with Dwight Schultz. Everyone confuses him with Dwight Schultz. No. Oh, they're, I know someone who confused the two. How? I think it's because they're both two like same similarly aged waikus with big foreheads. <laughs> yeah, but their acting styles are completely different. Totally different. Also, like I still, I know everyone sees Dwight Schultz as um, Barkley, original Barkley, but uh, I mean, I, yeah, he's Helen Mad Murdoch. He's Howling Mad Murdoch. He's always going to be Helen Mad Murdoch. Oh, damn it! Now I have two shows I want to bring back. Actually, that's not fair. One is a reboot and one's a follow-up. Okay, so, sorry. I might do that too. Think of one you'd reboot also and modernize. Okay. okay. I'll think of that. All right. All right, Denise, what about, what's one you'd want to do? Oh, man. Uh, now you got to think of two. We can come back on the reboot thing. We'll come back. I barely have one. Um, under your rules, I I'll do this one as the reboot then because it doesn't work as the uh, the original uh, bring it back one. But uh, I would love to see a new Golden Girls. Okay. There's a lot of uh, like political, I guess, divide between generations right now. But how awesome would it be to know that there's just a group of like four biddies out there just like getting in touch with the modern culture? Yeah. And also, you know, just like, you know, being sixty-something single ladies and having a good time together. That's true. Uh, plus, you got to have the mom. Yes, for yeah. sure. Um, that show is also way more progressive than I think people remember. That, no, and that's why I think it would be a really good thing to have it again. Is to just like, I mean, let's face it: older people, uh, white people, are the more likely to not be particularly progressive. Or, you know, rich older white people. So to have someone on TV who looks like their peers then kind of in an environment where they are being educated and understanding like, you know, what, what's all this LGBTQXYZ stuff? I don't, I don't get it. I can't keep it straight. Uh, And then, you know, they teach each other or like their adult children teach them what, you know, what it all means and why it's important. And then at the end of the, you know, wholesome episode, they've learned something and maybe the viewers would. So, okay, let me ask you that because the, the, not the knee jerk, but like the kind of obvious, like choice would be to make the cast really diverse. And you actually think one part of the point is actually keep it for older white women. I guess. I mean, I know that that show was not only enjoyed by older white women. A lot of people my age fondly remember that show. And I was a child at the time. Like, if I see it on, I'll be like, oh, yeah. Like, it still holds up. I mean, you know, it's still got sitcom tropes and shit. Sure, sure. Mm -hmm. But I, but I, I, like you said, I think it's 
a lot more progressive than people maybe actively realized at the time. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's twofold. I think that it could serve a purpose, but also I would just really enjoy it, me personally. Right. Oh, cool. Hashan has a good one that would be pretty cool. I would be down for that because uh, I really love that show. Is uh, The Wonder Years pop into that universe 30 years later? Although that could be tricky because it's from the 80s, but it, but it was a period piece in the 50s. Um, no, 60s. 60s? brother goes off to war. He goes off to Vietnam. Is it Vietnam? Oh, right, because mm-hmm. of the protesting. So, yeah. so, um, 60, so there was a late lot of... 60s, early 70s, yeah. Okay, so then 50s, 60s, 70s. So the, the bringing it back, if you wanted to keep it, you know, in tandem 30 years later would be the 80s late 80s, early 90s. Right. Uh, I don't know if that follows your rules. Uh, yes, yeah, because, because you're, yeah. you're asking to see it progress from... From where it started. Because yeah. mine's, my, my follow-up is also a show from the past. Um, well, that means you could argue being that like a Wonder Years follow-up would be right around the first Gulf War. Mm-hmm. And now you've got Fred Savage's character and Evan. and uh, Winnie. I don't remember if they even ended up together. Let's assume they did. Um, um, I mean, they were in they were freshmen in high school or some shit. So yeah, so maybe now maybe they're not together. Maybe they have a kid now, and like you know, yeah, just you can play with that whole paradigm of like what happened to like the peace and love generation when they became like basically warmongers <laughs> you know which is an argument that is very justified yeah um, yeah yeah that could be cool uh that'd be really cool i'd watch that i would totally watch that um so mine would be i would bring back the adventures of briscoe county jr <laughs> and put it 30 years from when the show ended so it would be 30 years after 1893. So you're, uh, yeah, late 19. So you're, so you're basically right up around the Great Depression era. Right in the middle of it. Hmm. And you could bring, I think, um, yeah, unfortunately, um, uh, Julius Carey passed away. So you couldn't have him, but you'd have to bring someone connected to him. But that would be fun. And it'd be fun to see, you know, you know, older Briscoe County. Because, you know, you can still put Bruce on the back of a horse or a motorcycle now. Or instead of now steampunk, it's diesel punk. Right. You know. So that would be the one I would bring back. There would have they would have no like social ramifications at all. It would just be something that would be fun. I want to put old Bruce Campbell like in like a detective's trench coat, but still has his cowboy hat. <laughs> and instead of the horse, he has a motorcycle now, but you still put in weird shit with like time travelers and aliens and whatever. Man, I didn't realize that Julius Carey had passed away. Yeah. A few years ago. It's not a few. He passed away in 2008. He oh, was shit. 56 years old. Yeah. He was not. What uh, happened? I don't know. I don't know. He played. I didn't. I didn't have anything to do with it. (laughs) That's what you're implying. (laughs) (laughs) 
No, I, no, what I'm implying is like, that's awfully young. Something must have happened. He had the coolest outfit too. Lord Bowler. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, everybody just um, looked cool in that show. And, and he was, he, he also had another one of my favorite roles. Show He's enough. In a, yeah, show enough. Show enough. Who the baddest show enough? <laughs> and now we've gone down the rabbit hole yeah. of cable just quotes Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon. <laughs> Come on, son. I realized Bruce, too look late at that. Today would have been a good day. Look at that for, outfit. Uh... Look at Lord Bowler there. That's cool. Wow. That's a cool outfit, man. Yeah. I mean, I think it is, which maybe means it's not, but I think it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> it was good. It was a good outfit. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, Cable, what would your reboot be? Hmm. I think I, I think I go back to um, it's a movie that I would reboot as a television series, and that's Buckaroo Banzai. Buckaroo Banzai. <laughs> I wonder if Kevin Smith has his script out there, or scripts, no, or his treatment of it. Don't know. I mean, he might, but I mean, isn't he pretty much just all about doing independent stuff now? Yeah, but like that was his baby. Well, he's doing the He Man show, or he's show oh, running. Really? He's show running He Man. Huh. Yeah. Uh, I know Mark Bernardin wrote a couple episodes. There's a, and he hasn't mentioned all the writers, but he mentioned it's a pretty crack, crack shot, like writer's room. Good. Um, it's the same production team that did uh, Castlevania. So. Oh. Yeah. Wait, is this going to be animated? Yeah, on Netflix. Hold on. Um, I actually never watched that second season. Of He-Man? Castlevania. Oh, I haven't either. <laughs> it uh, it's good, but boy, is it a slodge at times. And there are two parallel stories that never really intersect. Um, one I found much more interesting than the other. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, Bean, do you have your one? You would, you would, re- you would. Uh, so you already did a reboot. So what? Would I already your- did two. What, you did Golden Girls and what else? Oh, Wonder Years, I'm Wonder sorry. Years. Wonder Years is my bring it back later. All right. My you said, no, Wonder Wonder, uh, Wonder Years was Hisham's. I can use it too. Oh, oh that's okay. cheating. Uh, fine, okay. Uh, okay, what would I bring back later? This is hard. My mind is gone completely blank. <laughs> um, God damn it. I'm just trying to think of things that I used to enjoy. Uh, I don't know. You guys write while I think. All right. Well, I'll do mine really quick. So my my reboot, again... I don't know how much like social commentary it would have. Um, I would love to do 
uh, a modern take <laughs> on the A team. Mm-hmm. With a much more diverse and like global cast, and have them deal with some like longer story arcs, not just one and dones. Like dealing with like heavy like corporate shit, or being a thorn in the side of like governments that try to set up other fucking governments for like corruption and stuff. Um, you know, you modernize it to where they're all basically Afghan war vets. And you play around with the genders, you play around with the ethnicities, but you kind of keep the roles all the same. You got the pilot, you've got the planner, you've got the muscle, you got the face, you know. Um, and I don't know, you set up some like weird anonymous video blogger or whatever as the Amy character, someone who follows them around because they try to get their message out while they're kicking ass <laughs> and helping people. Yeah, I think there's a way that you can do that where it's still both episodic and has a larger story arc or a longer yeah. story arc. And that, that arc is definitely them trying to expose the, what got them all uh, dishonorably discharged in the first place. Right. Yeah. It happens where they don't even get to, cause the, it's always the thing of like, they promptly escape from their high security, you know, prison, like habits where they didn't even get, like they got, yeah, they were on their way and they busted out like on the way. Mm-hmm. So there's that, and yeah, you can have fun with it. So yeah, you can totally have like the kind of lighthearted A team style escapades, but I think you could actually have the A team dealing with some heavier stuff. See, and here's the thing: the the easy route is to make face a woman, but instead you flip it and be a Baracus as your woman. Oh yeah, no, I your I've muscle actually... is a woman. I've done all 100%. kinds of like, I've done all kinds of like weird head casting. Um, <laughs> get Gina Carano in there. Uh, uh, an actress with that kind of build, yes, one hundred percent. Like I, I still think B.A. Baracus should be black. Right. Fair enough. Uh, well, in my head, John Cho is the new Hannibal because he's also older. Yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah, I like The only that. thing you definitely keep is A, his nickname is still Hannibal. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't want to name him after, like, a well-known, like, you know, Korean or, or Chinese conqueror, because then I feel like that turns into it too much. Yeah, no, it's Hannibal. That's, it's that's Hannibal. not the you, point. Yeah, yeah you, call them Han- you call him Hannibal. Only thing I keep is that he still also smokes cigars. Mm-hmm. That, you keep that, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um. I like the idea just because network television as a rule tends to shy away from by dudes. You make face man still a guy and he's totally flexible. Does not care. I mean, yes. he cares, but it's like, no, he's, he's 100% pansexual. Yep. <laughs> it has nothing to do with uh, gender. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a bunch of stuff. Uh, I think your your pilot is probably in my head. My the pilot is a woman. I like the idea that she didn't get like quote like air combat roles, so she does a lot of like med like aero like air like a uh, helicopter rescue and shit. Mm-hmm. So she can fly you guys into some tight fucking spots and get in and out fast. And you know, do you turn into the fact that maybe she's a? I mean, that was always a problematic thing about Murdoch is that he was the crazy vet. Um, I don't know. There was because also that was ways... the gimmick was breaking him out of 
The asylum. Every the asylum year. was always the gimmick. Yeah, we got to break yeah. out Murdoch. That was the other fun thing about Murdoch. He always willingly went back to the hospital. He's like, I got to go back. Like, all right, we'll get you when we need you. Um, you know, and it's a weird place to do it, but, you know, you could actually have, like, the, this version of the A-Team, like, actually deal with, like, PTSD shit at the same time while getting into adventures. Mm-hmm. There's stuff there. There really is stuff there in between, you know, and if you can find them, maybe you can hire the A-Team. You know, you can still do all that, you know. So, that's mine. All right, Bean, we gave you time. I got nothing. I'm actually sitting here while you guys are talking, like scouring. I'm like, okay, 80s shows, 90s shows. Uh, I even gone, it went into the 2000s shows, and I'm like, I don't, I don't need any of these to come back necessarily. <laughs> um, and that's the challenge. Yeah, I mean, either they, oh, if, it's either a show I didn't watch, a show mm-hmm. that like has an, a clear cut ending where like you don't really they they tied up all the loose ends. There's no real reason to come back. Or it's a show where I'm like, I never need to watch that again. Even if I enjoyed it at that time, I don't need it again or some more. I think so, there's a fourth category in that there's there are shows that were definitely tied to a particular actor mm-hmm. where it's like, yeah, you can redo this, but you have to have so-and-so. Otherwise, what's the point? Um, I think that uh, like Fantasy Island, they've tried to do many iterations of Fantasy Island, but none of them had Ricardo Montalban, so who cares? It just wasn't the same. Right. Right. Um, And then there's a lot of stuff from my youth that's already been rebooted, animated, or real world. So I did slim pickings out there at this point. Uh, Someone on Facebook is saying, uh, how about Knight Rider? I never watched that show. Um, yeah, I'm I'm really stumped. That's why I jumped on uh, Hisham's suggestion of The Wonder Years, because that's a show that I actually did watch again as an adult, mm-hmm. and I feel it still holds up. It's what very wholesome. The Wonder Years. Oh, okay. uh, it was wholesome and heartwarming. So I, I, I was, uh, you missed it. I was telling Cable, um, I scoured my my formative years for TV shows, and if you rule out shows that, you know, didn't, that tied up all the loose ends, so there's no reason to come back, shows I didn't watch, or shows that I never need to watch again, <laughs> there's just really not that much out there. <laughs> right. So, Greg in the chat mentioned uh, Bewitched. I don't know if he mentioned that jokingly, but I kind of like that. I did too, but you said I can't use things off of the chat, so... Well, as your as your as own. your own, we can discuss things in the chat. That's half the oh, fun I... of the chat. Okay. Well, just yeah, how like Norm, def- how, just how like Norm forever wants space above me on to come back. Yeah. <laughs> we all uh, know that. I actually have been thinking about Bewitched recently because I was listening to a podcast where they interview one of the writers for um, the Chilling Tales of Sabrina, or Chilling mm-hmm. Adventures of mm-hmm. Sabrina, um, and they pointed out that. Um, I mean, I, I thought this was clear, but I know that other people don't care for this show, and I think it's because maybe they didn't see that it was uh, it was meant to be pretty tongue in cheek. Uh, the writing, the writing on Sabrina is is meant to be sort of goofy. Like they're, I liked it. They're no, no, no. They're they're. It's so. Here's the thing: it was a witch podcast, and the guest that was on is not only a writer for the show, but also a practicing witch. And so, you know, he was there to say like, yes, it's, it's not necessarily meant to be a super accurate depiction of what witch culture is, right. uh, it, it, you know, in general terms, 
uh, but we, we wanted to sort of, you know, kind of poke fun at what, I guess maybe like what mainstream culture or society thinks witches are like. And that's why they go hard with the whole Satan, Satanism stuff. They're satanic coven. And, you know, they never, they replace heaven with hell in any sort of like phrase. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Or, you know, like instead of like, oh my God, it's oh my Satan. And it it gets a little silly, but that's intentional. Right. Um, And in that conversation, they talked about Bewitched and how it it was a little bit subversive, but it was not a great depiction of a supportive husband uh, understanding who his wife really is. The whole whole kickoff of the show is her revealing herself as a witch, and um, he freaks out and is like, never use magic. Shut it down. Uh, So I think it would be fun to bring back Bewitched now, but, you know, just try to make it a little bit more... uh, What's the word? Maybe Darren doesn't have to be nagging uh, Samantha all the time. Right. I can see that, yeah. It would be interesting to see how they still sort of get that goofy humor of like, uh-oh, I got myself into trouble, and then I used magic to fix it and made it worse, and we don't want my husband to find out. Now what? Right. I'm trying to remember, also happy with the show, do you change actors? Play <laughs> <Hey>, Darren. <laughs> Uh, I mean, they did it for Darren's. They did it for Roseanne, right? And nobody cared. I don't know that nobody cared. Yeah, I don't know about that part. God, I always forget that, um, fucking, um, Paul Lind is also a witch in Bewitched. Oh, yeah. Mm hmm. Uh, she's, he's one of the, the uncles. One of the uncles, yeah. Uh, oh, Greg also says bring back Gilligan's Island. You know what? I would do that, but I would almost want to see it done by like um, fucking like how like Bloomhouse redid Fantasy Island, which granted it wasn't that good, but I loved the idea of it. What is it? A horror? Yeah. I would watch a horror Gilligan's Island. Yeah, because uh, what's his name? Uh, the uh, uh, the guy from Ant Man who we all want to recap every Marvel movie. That actor. Oh yeah. Uh, he uh, plays the Ricardo Montalban. Is it Paul Brennan? No. no, no, Michael Pena. Michael Pena. Michael Pena. Uh, so on this fantasy island, basically, the whole gist is when you get there, like, the fantasy you get to live out is you basically get to do what you always wanted to do. And that means torturing the girl who, who was your ultimate bully in high school. It lets you do that. The twist is that you find out that everything's fucking real. Um, so... It was flawed, but, like, the idea was really fun. So, so like, lost, but still better than lost. Yeah, because it had an ending. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I have Ouch. seen a single episode of Lost, and that is that is plenty enough for me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I bet you could do Gilligan's Island as, like, this really weird, subversive horror movie. Yeah, I, I, that could be a lot of fun. The Minnow would be lost. That'd be awesome. That'd be great. Uh, man, now I'm remembering there was an episode of Bewitch where for some reason, I don't remember how, but they get thrown back in time during the Salem Witch Trials. And Darren almost gets burned at the stake because he lights his pipe with a match that somehow came with him. 
So when they put him on the stand, they're like, how did you do that? And he's like, it's a match. They're like, what are matches? He's like, you just, you strike it. And they're, you know, but he's only got like, it's like the one left. So he can't prove how matches work. So all I remember is that like, he's, he's like, and so like the prosecutor does it and like, you know, Tabitha does the thing and and she lets it so a dead match can like get lit up again. I don't know why I remember that one little thing. That's very strange. Yeah, it's a very specific memory that I apparently mm-hmm. have about a one episode yeah. of Bewitched. Extremely specific, but I like um, it. I was always annoyed that we also didn't get a crossover between Bewitched and I Dream of Jeannie. I felt like those should have happened at one time. I know, right? In my mind, those two shows go hand in hand. Yeah, no, in my mind, Agreed. they live across town from each other. And her weird can't-show-her-belly-button rule. Jeannie? Uh, Barbara yeah. Eaton? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, you never see her belly button. I, I mean, I haven't watched it since I was a kid, but I never gave it a moment's notice, I think. I always loved all the shots inside her bottle. Because that place Those is were, cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I would have a space like that. Yeah. One of these days I'll have my own room, and it's going to look like that. <laughs> it's not going to look like that. I'm not that cool. Um, I didn't realize Bewitch ran all the way to 1972. Dude, oh, it, wow. From 19, 1964 to 1972. Weird. Like, like, a lot of these shows went on a long, long time. Manimal. Storm said, I Manimal! I don't know what That's that is. That's a show is. I don't want to remake and don't want to update. <laughs> Oh, you know what? A, a year or two ago, I had some really young employees, and they were really excited about getting into, um, oh, fuck, now I'm not going to think of what the name is, but it was a series of books, and I think it had also been a TV show briefly, Animorphs. It was called Animorphs, and each kid could, like, morph into a different animal, and I guess they would, I don't know, fight or solve crimes or some shit. It's like some deep 90s Nickelodeon shit, I think. Want to know something really weird? Animorphs, technically in the Transformers universe. Mm-hmm. They are Transformers. That. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I don't they just are. I mean, it's not it's not super weird because it's still like steel and electronics morphing into a different shape and then, you know, if you're a person transforming mm-hmm. into an animal, it's organic matter to organic matter, so yeah. we're not breaking any rules here. It's fine. Yeah, I just like the idea that it's a shared universe. That's all. Now I'm just thinking about all kinds of ridiculous 90s shows. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of them, but every decade has just ridiculous shows. Yeah. You know. Although not Beast Beast Machines. That show was tight. Beast Machines. Beast, Beast Machines Mach- or Beast Wars? Both. Beast Wars were good, so it was Beast Machines. Oh, we could bring back Robot Wars. Remember Robot Wars? No. No. Don't. It Wait. was Was it was that wasn't that the competitive show? It was yeah. It was a uh, it was early early two thousands, maybe even late nineties. And I I want to say it was on the Sci Fi Channel. It was. They did try to bring that back. 
Oh, with oh, a- actual robots, right? Yeah, yeah, people would build their own robots, and then they would have to like duke it out with one another to see who built the superior robot. Yeah, it came back between 2016 and 2018. Uh, that is where uh, Grant Imahara was first noticed by the MythBusters. Oh, yeah, I mean, I knew that like deep down. Yeah. Uh, Talina says it's still on. Is it still on? Hmm. Robot Wars Extreme. Oh, okay. It's I don't, a whole I mean, new I don't thing know. now. <laughs> uh, oh, then there was BattleBots. Yeah, all that stuff. Bring back robot jocks. <laughs> Wasn't it just Robo Jocks? Was it Robo Jocks or Robot Jocks? This was a movie, though. Oh. Starring, uh, what's his name? Uh, the Vulcan from Enterprise, the older Vulcan. Uh, and he was also the, the cop in Alien. Oh my God, you could bring back Alien. Gary Graham. Gary Graham is who you're yeah. thinking of. I would totally bring back Alien Nation. I never saw that. That show was good. It got weird, but I remember really liking that show. The movie was weirder. <laughs> yes. I feel. What's the premise here? Um, aliens literally show up over downtown LA, and you find out that they're an entire ship of refugees who are basically slaves under... Well, no, they would enslave themselves. It was like a caste system, right? No. Another race that enslaved them. They were enslaved to another race, or by another race. Um, The ship that they were on was damaged and off course and landed on Earth. They didn't build the technology, so they had no idea how to work it. Right. They couldn't fix the ship. They couldn't go back out into space. And planet Earth decided to grant them asylum and assimilate them into earth culture and they're mainly just in la yep that's wildly unrealistic uh well the thing that the and the kind of twist is that like now that an actual different race shows up basically human racism kind of goes away because we all get to hate somebody else together Mm -hmm. that part i would believe um Mm -hmm. oh and they get drunk off sour milk i remember that so an entire industry storms up about perfectly souring milk. Like it's in the beer aisle with like, it's like beer, wine, here's the sour milk. And salt water kills them. Yeah, it was a strange show. It was a, it was a stranger movie because it starred uh, James Conn and Mandy Patinkin. Oh, Mandy's oh. the alien, huh? Newcomers. Mandy Patinkin was the alien, yeah. Newcomers. They have other more racist names, but they call themselves the newcomers. Um, the show got weird mm-hmm. when it was the whole how the newcomers had kids. And how, like, yeah. was it the, the women, like, started the egg and then they implant it into the male. So then the male gestates this giant egg and, like, he literally has to lay, like, this giant like fucking it. egg. Like a seahorse. Yeah, I, I guess. Like yeah. I'll only accept it if uh, if when the eggs are ready to come out when for the babies, uh, the, the male has to sneeze them out like a seahorse does. You ever seen that? <laughs> mm-hmm. No. I think if there's one when that a comes se- out when, of their- when a male seahorse is ready to release the the newly hatched eggs. 
it looks like it's it like convulses in a way that it looks like it's sneezing them out of its belly button. Yes. Selena makes, my- makes a good point. Um, they did redo Alienation. It was called District 9. Oh, <laughs> I never thought about it that way. That's true. Yep. Yeah. There was a show in the early, early 2000s. By the way, really quick, let's just do this and not review that comic. Because <laughs> I'm yeah, having fun. I'm fine. And it's been I mean, nice I, to have fun. I think we're at that point where it's okay. just, that's just what's happening already. Yeah, this is actually really fun and so very needed. Thank you. <laughs> uh, speaking of alien TV shows, uh, it was one about lizard people. And I, th- I believe it itself was a remake of... Uh, uh, an older series. Beep? You're talking yes. about Yes. Yes. Starring uh, Robert England. Mm-hmm. I was really enjoying that show, and I think it was canceled very quickly. The new one? Because it had, what's her name from Firefly? Monica. She was the new, like, head alien, right? She was the new Diana. Yeah. Diana, yeah. I would have I would have enjoyed like having an opportunity for that show to have been fleshed out. That would be cool. Yeah, that was a big deal when they brought that back too. Like they yep. really tried to pump that up. And I guess I don't know like how well received or how well made the the original one was, but well, it was, I a, was it was a TV movie first, right? It was like one yeah. of those like ABC like miniseries events. It was an NBC. NBC and yeah, it was one of NBC's tentpole shows. Because I remember a while, they would kind of tease like the first the TV movie with like they would literally like interrupt, you know we have something coming. They would interrupt these broadcasts with like like static, and you hear a voice like they're coming, and it would cut back to the regular show. Hmm. Uh, What's that guerrilla marketing? Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing like a Quantum Leap TV movie. I don't need a whole series, but. Yeah, the miniseries was 1983, and the television series started in 1984 and went through... How long was it on? It was only on for a single season. That know, doesn't just, seem right. Which of the seasons were so much longer back then? They were like 26 or 30 episodes. Sure, but like that's... And they also split it up differently. Right. Um... I know they tried. I don't think I got past the pilot. They tried. It was to bring only back... nineteen episodes. Wow! Why do I remember this really? show being on? Yeah, I remember it also being a much bigger deal. Yes, it was huge, like a it cultural all... thing. Like everyone talked about V. Yeah, huh. because we again to... three channels. Exactly. What year was this again? Nineteen eighty four. Was there really so few channels in '84 still? Yes. Yeah. My I mean, there was laughing at me. There, there was cable by now, but like, if you had cable, the other channels you had was like WGN, um, maybe USA or TBS, but they were literally just showing reruns. Like they weren't showing anything new. Hmm. Yeah, that was what they went to is all syndicated stuff. Yeah, so like same with USA and TNT. Yeah, all of them. They none of them started having new content until what the early two thousands. That's kind of when it happened. No, that's a good point. I used to spend a lot of time watching syndicated shows on 
USA, TNT. Yeah, and I didn't have cable at all growing up. So I had four channels. If you counted PBS and then around 86, 87. No. When did Fox start? 88, 89? Something like that. And even then it was what? Two, it was 80. Tracy Ullman's show and the Tracy Ullman show. Yeah, that, <laughs> that was like 86, 87. And then we got what? We got... Married with Children. Married with Children. Mm-hmm. Um, the Simpsons. The Simpsons. Uh, uh, was Parker Lewis Can't Lose? Was that an early Fox show? No. I don't think it Maybe. I thought that was CBS. I don't remember. No, CBS actually had a fair... Oh, Get a life because I remember stand in the place where you were because they had the the REM REM song. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, um, then X Files in Briscoe County debuted the same year. Those were the two new shows for Fox that year, and clearly one of them did better. In Living Color, that was the other thing that they. Oh, had. oh yeah, they, that was their sketch comedy show. Yeah, in Living Color was also the first show to try to subvert the Super Bowl because every channel. Every other channel just basically didn't program anything during the Super Bowl. There was no point. And Living Color did a 20-minute commercial-free sketch show timed for the halftime show. And they literally had a counter on the bottom right that told you when you could turn back to, like, ABC. It's hmm. pretty ballsy. Yeah. Uh, and Living Color also used to record live... And then they got, I think, and then they had Sam Kinison as a guest. That'll do it. But he apparently stayed clean. He stayed on script the whole time. Is what I'd always heard. Yeah, Um, In Living Color was 1990. Dude, that show, I love that. It's so weird to think of, like, people I know now that have become let's just say not as like open anymore, like adored in living color. Yep. That show was, I mean, there's shit you could not get away with now. And it gave us Jim Carrey, David Allen Greer, the Wayans, uh, Jamie Foxx. That entire Wayans family is like a comedy powerhouse. Yeah, Kim, Sean, Keenan Ivory. Keenan Ivory Wayans has launched the career of so many people. And and of course, Jennifer Lopez. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Actually, I think it was, I don't know if it was recently, but there was this quote from like Jim Carrey, just, it might be recently when like maybe someone had asked him about like Black Lives Matter or or something like that. And he's like, what are your take on it? And he says, you know, uh, without black comedy, y'all wouldn't have me. He's like, because Whitey wasn't coming for my shtick. You know who was? Keenan Ivory Wayans. He gave me a job. He saw something. He's like, so if you like what I do, thank him. <laughs> uh, I recently learned that Jim Carrey is now a political cartoonist. Really? Yeah, I, he does illustrations, and lately he's been doing anti-Trump art. I never know how to in, feel in about that of, guy. Like, single-panel political cartoons. Um, yeah, I have mixed feelings. It's uh, like on I, one end he'll do that, on the other you'll see him say something, you're like, ah, that's kind of like some anti-vaxxer shit. Because he's kind of kooky. Right, well he was married to What's-Her-Face for a long time. Or are they still married? I don't remember. Jenny McCarthy. Uh, and she is basically... Oh shit, were they really? She, 
They they, they used to be at least, uh, Wait, and she's Jim basically, Carrey? yeah, 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 yeah. Jim Carrey. And Jim Carrey. So the reason Jim Carrey disappeared for a while is his wife committed suicide. Oh. And he was implicated in part of it. And Whoa. He, yeah, and he came out of all of that just kind of like, you know, I have a better view of actually what actually matters and what doesn't. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know that. He got, I'm not going to say weird, but he's, he, it did change his perspective on pretty much everything. Yeah, well, there's that whole documentary about him filming Man on the Moon and how he got way too deep into, um, Method acting? Yeah, but the act, the character he played, the real person. Um, Andy Kaufman? Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, that he got way too deep into becoming Andy Kaufman and that kind of... Mm-hmm. Messed him up? And apparently made him just awful to work around during that entire film shoot. Because Andy Kaufman was awful to work around. <laughs> Interesting. Um... um. I just have a I, I have a hard time deciding whether I appreciate him as an artist or not. I, I am sorry for doubting you being yes, that he did date Jenny McCarthy for five years. Uh, that'll do a number on you. But yeah, that, yeah. And she's basically that was ten the, years ago. She's the reason uh like the anti vaxxer movement got so big because celebrity got behind it and right. off we go. Yeah. I, I don't actually know how much he may or may not have had to do with any of that, though. Like, do they have kids together? I don't know. I don't know. I don't think so. He only has a kid with his first wife. Hmm. His second wife was um, Lauren Holly, and they are also divorced. All right. Okay. What else? Yeah. What All else right. do we try to bring back? I think here. Sexy. We're trying to bring sexy back. I like that song. I, unab- I, I love that entire album. And the whole album's unabashedly. Good. It is really, really good. It's it's not even the, normally like a style of music that I listen to, but it's it is a really, really fun album. Yeah. Uh, I know they did a pilot of a reboot of the Greatest American Hero, but it didn't it didn't no pun intended, it did not take off. Yeah, but that's a good pun. Yeah. But, but I guess part of it also is that the main character was now like this, was a, a Muslim woman who was going to become the greatest American hero and that was going to be part of the way that it was going to like play around with some stereotypes and whatnot. Um, yeah, it, it didn't get picked up. And I think also one of the shticks of the new version is that her suit was going to have shifting powers. So she always was trying to figure out what her power was going to be. Which is basically Dial H for Hero. I was going to say, so they were going to do Ms. Marvel with Dial H for Hero. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'd watch that show. Of course we would. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Yeah, I think I mentioned Quantum Leap. I would like a a TV movie of Quantum Leap. Yeah, that was what I was saying when you were had stepped away. Oh, sorry. It said to Bean, and I actually used Fantasy Island as as the example because she it was talking about the fact that there's shows that uh, have already been rebooted that you don't care enough to reboot, or you know. And I said that, that there was another one in there that's 
the show itself was tied so closely to a specific actor right. that you can't reboot it unless you've got a clone of that person. And like I said with fantasy, yeah, it's like they tried to do a movie, they've tried to do a series. None of them had Ricardo Montalban, who so who cares? Right. And what's his name? Um, Hervé Velchez. Hervé Velchez, yeah. Uh, who was apparently just a monster. A like tiny to work one. With? Huh? Like to work with? Yeah. Uh, yes. Apparently he was just a monster to work with. Um, it happens. Yeah. Uh, there'd be no reason for it, but part of me loves the idea. And again, I like the idea of getting kind of like not washed out. And that's because that's kind of cruel, but maybe, you know, celebrities you don't see on TV or movies anymore, putting them in a show. Hence why part of me likes the idea of like bringing back Love Boat. Maybe <laughs> it's a mini series. Like don't give it a, don't give it a full 22 episodes. You know, make it a make it a four hour television event, but then also mix it with like the fucking Poseidon adventure. So half an hour in after you've met all your and and the celebrities have to be playing themselves. By the way, oh, okay, you know, so they're cameo. They're doing cameo parts. Yeah, I mean that's oh my god, that's the whole shtick, right? So like they're all hired on because whatever CBS or NBC or whatever wants to bring back the love boat. But here's the twist: is the actors are going to, you know, we're going to do it as a reality show now. We're going to bring the love boat back, blah, blah, blah. and then, bam! Like a rogue wave wave hits it and like flips it over, and then it becomes the Poseidon love boat. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You could have a whole bit where like you ask, like Richard Dean Anderson is on the show. And, like, he gets really annoyed when everyone just assumes he knows how to MacGyver stuff. And he's like, it was a character. You know, and I also don't travel through Stargates. You know, we're like David Hasselhoff. Can't figure out why, like, computers don't talk back to him when he talks to him. <laughs> uh, I'm watching a, a show. Well, no, I guess the season's over now. There's only the one season so far. Uh, but it's a, a series where uh, Q Laurie... Uh, is the captain of the ship, but then it turns out he's not really a captain. He's a hired actor. And everyone who like, mans the bridge of the ship is also just a hired actor because the the corporation wants, only wanted attractive people working on oh, this cruise it's line. The, it's the sci-fi show, right? Uh, I don't know what network it's on, but it's called Avenue no. 5. No, as in like it takes place in space. Is that that one? Yeah. Okay, I heard that wasn't very good. I think it's pretty funny. Yeah, it's got a lot of it's got a lot of uh, oh oh that person in it. There's a lot of there's a lot of actors attached to it who uh, who I enjoy, even if they're not like major uh, players or whatever. I wouldn't Uh, mind seeing. Speaking of Hugh Laurie, I wouldn't mind seeing um, Rowan Atkinson trying to bring back one more Black Adder. But like That's on my per- list of things to watch. But in our p- current political climate. So imagine how Black Adder handles Brexit. Yeah. I would watch that. Yeah. I would watch. Because the principals, no. Stephen Fry and Hugh Laurie, they're around, clearly. Yes, they are. And they're all buddies still. Yeah, Stephen Fry is just doing sleep stories nowadays. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I'm sure he can squeeze that in. Yeah, I would watch that. I would. I would assume it would be good. I guess I need to watch Black Adder then. 
Yeah, but you don't like Rowan Atkinson. Or do you not like Mr. Bean? I don't like Mr. Bean. Okay. Mr. Bean is all physical humor, whereas uh, Blackadder is all um, cerebral. Very much so. Even with which, the, is even one, the, which is one of the reasons I'm, I'm like mixed about Jim Carrey. I don't really care for physical humor. Right. But right. his cerebral stuff is really good. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Yeah, it could be called uh, Blackadder 10 Downing Street. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, that would be so good. Because <laughs> I remember the way they ended Blackadder was actually very kind of poignant and bittersweet. Which time? The World War One one, when they all okay. know that this is their final, like, this is it. How um, many endings does it have? Uh, well, basically, Black Adder always dies. And they don't really explain why he's back. They just bring all the characters back in a different era. Yeah, the, it starts off in uh, the... It's King Henry VIII, right? It's Tudor era, I thought. Okay. That would be King Henry. Yeah. And then Elizabethan. Mm-hmm. And then World War One. No, there's one more in there. I don't remember. Thought. Well, as if we'd only had access to all of humanity's knowledge. I don't know. <laughs> My hands are full, so it's on you guys. Uh, I'm looking it up right now. Jeez. So the Black Adder, Black Adder Two. Hold on. Black Adder the third and Black Adder goes fourth. Yeah. So okay. So Black Adder is fourteen eighty five. So that's the Middle Ages mm-hmm. with Richard the third. Black Adder two is Queen Elizabeth the first. The third is oh, so none of it's ever the it's the uh, Edward era, right? Black Adder the third would have been King Edward, I think. I don't remember. And then go yes. forth Western Front. Nineteen twenties. Yep. 1917, yeah. Because uh, I think Black Adder the Third is the one that has the Macbeth bit. Mm-hmm. Or it's the second one. Whenever, yeah. We just call it the Scottish play. You mean Macbeth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, and, that'd be, I, yeah, that'd be cool. And he starts out as a prince in the first... In, Blackadder the first and is reduced to like a private by the time they get to Blackadder uh, goes forth. So he, right. every time he's reincarnated essentially is that he's uh, further down in uh, social rank. Right. Interesting. Uh, and, and I forgot they did a couple of little shorts. Like the Cavalier Day was for comic relief. They've done a Christmas special. With Ebenezer Blackadder. Huh. Um, wait, did they just do one? They did the Big Night In, broadcasting what? Children in Need during COVID nineteen. Fry resumes the role of Lord Melchett under lockdown in Melchett Manor to help Prince William deal with educating his. So it doesn't have him in it, but. Helping Prince William deal with educating his kids via Zoom and discussing Tiger King. <laughs> oh, That's you can weird. totally... Oh, man. That'd be cool. I'd watch that. That sounds fun. Yeah. Uh, I would say they should bring back uh, fucking In Living Color, but we had that called The Astronomy Club, and Netflix didn't renew it. 
don't even they, I don't even think they really advertised it. No, not at all. Uh, the yeah, the show the writers for uh, the Astronomy Club literally twenty minutes before. So Netflix did their big Black Lives Matter post about how they support you know Black Lives and it's very important to them. The people who created and wrote the Astronomy Club literally retweeted the message from Netflix saying, by the way, y'all just found out Astronomy Club's not being renewed. <laughs> that show was so good. Um, I'm, I'm really getting by on, um, not getting by, but in lieu of Astronomy Club, I, I'm enjoying uh, a Black Lady sketch show. What's that on? Uh, I think it might be HBO. Okay, I'll check um, it out. I'll have to I'll have to confirm that for you, but it's it's really funny. It's uh, four black uh, women comedian, hence the title. Um, and I mean, even even in scenes where there's a lot of extras in the background, it's mm-hmm. almost exclusively black uh, people. And it's EP'd by Issa Rae, whom I already love. I'll oh, yeah. watch anything she's she's in or involved with. Um, um, and then uh, other um, I can, I'm not going to think of the name of um, her friend on Insecure but it's another black uh, female actress who's right. on Insecure she shows up on it a couple times uh, Tiffany Haddish uh, <laughs> nothing but awesome black ladies you're going to you're going to see a lot of familiar faces uh, if you're already HBO. enjoying I think so. All right, I'll check it out. Since I, I broke down and got HBO Max, so. It's, it's a pretty so good deal for 15 Doom bucks. Patrol? Not Ooh, Doom Patrol yet. was on my list, too. Not yet. I'm going to. I that show looks like a lot yet, of fun. So. Although, speaking of Issa Rae, um, anybody, you guys watch Lovebirds yet? Yes, that movie was a lot of fun. It was it, for me. It was only fun because of the two leads. Like the story, I was like, eh, but the, they carry that whole movie. No, yeah, it's basically. Otherwise, it's basically what is that movie? Date night. Yeah. With uh, Steve Carell and uh, Tina Fey. Yeah. It would otherwise it would just be that, but they're they're so fresh and funny, and uh, and it's just like a, a bit more of a youthful take. Whereas I yeah. think um, uh, date night is. They're like in their forties or fifties. It's a little bit less relatable, right? Because uh, they're a young. Because this is a young couple in the Uh-oh. city. Man, speaking of sketch shows, so mm-hmm. I like her stand up. I tried to watch the Schlesinger's her sketch show, the Eliza show. Yeah, boy, that yeah. was that was rough. I got maybe an episode and a half in. And I was like, okay, it just <laughs> doesn't work. The trailer has like a forty-five second bit about her poops. I'm like, oh, I yeah, don't know. I don't know if she's one of the main writers on it, but I'm like, this is not that you expect a stand-up comedian to only basically do their material, but his sketch shows. Mm-hmm. Her writing on her comedy specials are so much better than what was on that sketch show. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna cash out on that one. Ooh, that's Good the to other know. thing too with Black Lady sketch show. They have um, recurring characters, like continuing story arcs. So oh, that's not- cool. Yeah, so it's not like a character who keeps coming back or like who has a sketch in every almost every episode. Right. There is a continuous story with uh repeating with with the repeating characters. So it's there are arcs even though it's sketches, which I think is fantastic. Right. 
Well, maybe we wrap up the show with that. <laughs> We've been it's at it for 90 something minutes. Something positive for a change. Yeah. Yes. That's always nice. It'd be nice. Yeah. Uh, next week is no guest uh, that we know of. That we know of. We could get one. Yeah, let's see if we can get. Otherwise, we're just going to keep talking about TV shows that nobody watches. <laughs> well, we brought up stuff people watched. No, no, no. There's actually been a lot of activity in the chat about uh, shows that we've mentioned or that we should be watching. I probably yeah, I should have given them more attention. Yeah. Well, it's also probably nice to just talk about stuff that isn't awful every once in a while. That is true. Everyone kind of needs that for a little bit. Uh, so on that note, I'm Aaron Duran. I'm Ben Rita. And I'm Cable Hushtani. And we will talk to everybody next week. And even though it was a positive show, resign, Ted Wheeler. Jackass. <laughs>